everyone. Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! So, what's up, guys? Um, how's everybody doing this fine evening? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Right. Tone, I got a question for you. Um, yes. In Lithuania, do you guys do the Easter Bunny thing, or is it just, uh, is that an American thing? Yeah, we do it for two days, actually, here. So, so we do, did it. So we like do you it hide Sunday the eggs and, and do all that stuff to like everything yeah. that we do here? Yeah, my kids today went and did the whole egg thing. Uh, we do it for Sunday and Monday. Um, they get a lot more holidays here than the States. Like my, like I was telling you guys, like even my wife, when she had my baby, my kids, she gets two years off for each kid paid. Two that's years? years? Yeah. So that's why, Bobby, we were going back to Florida constantly because we have a place there. So we were going back constantly for the first two kids because we were going six months at a time because you get paid for each, for each kid two years. So she's finally back at work now at the hospital. But, uh, yeah. You get it's crazy. I mean, because what in That's Florida? I don't even know what you get there. Like a couple months, maybe of two months. You get in pet alligator. On, yeah. When you get <laughs> ice storms in the spring, they'll do whatever it takes to keep you living in that country for a while. I know, and you know, my neighbors was checking out our show. I want that. I want deal, you guys though. to do me a favor too. As I was telling my neighbor, my I was like, yeah, I'm from Jersey. You know, he we were talking about hockey and stuff. He goes, oh, that Jersey Shore show. I said, listen, dude, oh. let me tell you something. Uh. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I went there right before the, the hurricane with my ex-wife, actually, and Snooky was on this boardwalk in Seaside, and they blocked us. They wouldn't even let us go near the store she was in. Like, we give a shit about this chick. <laughs> so I was trying to explain to him. I said, man, this does not represent Jersey people. So when he listens to the show, I, I'm, I'm like, you, this is like, uh, how would you guys explain it? Like, I'm like, this is not what we are like. I, know. Well, I mean, first of all, the, the one thing that I always say to people whenever they – feel the need to they've never been here they know nothing about new jersey the only thing they do know is that stupid show i just say first of all nobody on that show is from new jersey so let's just start there all right so no we don't act that way they're all from fucking long island so you know but but no i mean there are everybody that acts that way that i that i see are people all from up north that come down here to the shore but yep. up north, you know, yeah, there are just a ton of tools up there. So, but well, no, we saw we that on the like seaside that. strip growing up. I mean, sure. you know, but we're oh, yeah. we're not we're not like that. I mean, I've never watched that show in my life. I've I've only uh, seen like a bit a segment or two just because I was like, what the hell is this? Oh yeah, I moved most out of what of I Pennsylvania, know. Pennsylvania, and yeah. I had to watch the tra- it was my home, Oof, right? So I had right. to watch that train wreck for years and just get you watched it. I had to. Why? You grew up there. Why do you have to watch idiots? Just, I don't know. Never... It was like drawn to me because it was that's my home. And then I was like, they're fucking killing it, and I hated it. But I watched. No, all it I saw anger. was the South Park. That's that's all I know about the show. South Park and, episode. And I, when awesome. I saw how bad it was, I knew that you know our boys monster. at South Park were were really responding to something. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, monster. were they doing that to you guys too? When you like Chris, when you were I don't know if you were working in the area at the time, but were they blocked? Like I couldn't believe that. Like, I'm just walking on the boardwalk. I don't give a shit about these people. And they're telling me I can't go near these stores. Not only did they, would they have, you know, parts of the boardwalk blocked off, but when they were filming, like, at certain bars down there, like, it was, you would have thought, like, the fucking president of the United States was rolling up to, you know, the bamboo or wherever they were going that night. And they would quarter off entire sections and they would just film them and basically it was okay go in there and just get drunk and act stupid and you know i mean i think jack and bills was where snooki got punched in the face or one of them got punched in the face 
Uh, you know, they're just, they're, they were all fucking degenerates. Uh, the one, Wow. I think, and somebody hey, told me this, I don't know who they are, but her boyfriend or her husband, he was at my bar recently, like, last week, drinking in there, so, they're all still around. All yeah, still I was just telling him, I was like, man, I was like, you know, he checked out our show, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my buddies explain to you too that it is nothing like that, like. No, it's really not. I mean, for the most part, we're all pretty normal people, just because we're, you know, New Jersey's got this bad rap, but. Speaking of New Jersey, first of all, thank you guys so much for tuning in, checking us out. We are the Uncle Puckers, where we give you the finest in New Jersey Devil podcast entertainment, where our only goal is to win a Stanley Cup before the New York Rangers do. Uh, we just finished up, guys, with uh, the Bruins, and it was a, another loss in the column against the Bees. 2-1. Um, I mean, just quick thoughts on the game. Uh, I mean, I thought, look, no way can you blame Blackwood on this one. He played outstanding. Um, I was, I think it was, I said it to Tony before, I said I think it was the best game he's played in three years. Um, you know, and, and that's good. That's what, that's the perfect way to finish off your devil career right there. <laughs> and then hopefully well, we don't see him again. But, uh, you know, just Bruins Bruins are just a good freaking team. I mean, they give you yes. nothing. You have no space. You have no room. Everything that the Devils do so well, Boston is just a little bit better in taking that stuff away. And, um, you know, we meet them in the in the playoffs. If we get uh, that far and we match up uh, with them, I, I think you're going to see an entire series like we saw tonight. Just, you know, getting so close and not being able to get over the hump. Um you know, Boston is a damn good team, but I will throw it out to you guys. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I kind of, I'll disagree with you a little bit. And Please. I, look, look, Blackwood made a, a ton of great saves, okay? But if you're going to beat Boston, you, you have to play a pretty all-around perfect game. And I'll tell you what, the first goal, while the goal itself wasn't like a horrible goal, how did the goal get set up? It, You know, he misplayed it. You know, and, and it, it, then he, all of a sudden Graves has to take that penalty because Wait, he doesn't play with confidence. Okay, so I'm just real, saying. But, but real quick though, I that's just, the first goal. Just, I'm not done. Me, I'll tell you. Go okay, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No, no. no I was just want to ask, like, just real quick, do you think that the loss can be blamed on Blackwood? I think if you're going to score one goal a game, it's it's always hard to blame sure. the goalie. But let me right. let me explain. The the second goal, which you know comes on the heels of that, he's all turned around. He's going to tell you that's not a good goal. No, okay. The second goal is clearly not a goal, good goal, and I'm telling you, the first goal he set up that penalty that they took. Okay. okay? Now, so in a way, both are on him, and it puts you down in a two-zero hole to the best team in the league. So while the rest of the game he played was stellar, without a doubt, I'm telling you that you want your best effort if you want to hope to beat this team, and that's why I couldn't believe that. Oh, we're going to go according to program, as Lindsay says, and play Blackwood. Okay, fine. You know, I mean, I, I, I just don't. I, it, it, if you're going to play uh, this way, then why not rest some of the other top guys? I, I don't right. understand it. It makes no sense to me. Uh, we got Hughes out there. We got McLeod taking a hit. Who Hopefully he's not hurt because that's, that's one of those uh, hits that you're like, oh, why, why is he out? Oh, remember he got hit in the head last game? I'm just saying, like, other people don't get rested. W- you know, what are we resting besides uh, Vanacek? Uh Brendan Smith. I mean, it did. It didn't make sense to me to move. Now, thank God, like he didn't spiral out of control. He actually clamped it down and was a super solid goaltender the rest of the game. But I will tell you, 
he had a, a big hand in putting his team down two nothing against a team that is not going to let you come back very easily. You know, I, so I know what you're saying that you can't put the loss all on him. That's totally true when you only score one goal. But it's a different game when you know you get off to a better start. I will also before I let you know before you guys give us your takes, I just want to real quick on that uh, point. Also, the fact that you can't allow 22 shots on goal in the first period. I don't give a yeah, shit who you're playing. That's true. You're playing Columbus. You don't. You cannot in any way, shape, or form uh, let the 22 shots in. Yes, I completely agree with you on what you said about Blackwood. Uh, I I though I. Yes, we can throw both goals goals on him, but he did play very good. Why he was in there, I don't know. And it harkens back to what we've kind of discussed a lot in this show of the fact that this team <clears throat> tends to play a little bit different in front of Mackenzie Blackwood. I am always of the mindset, okay, he's playing great, and you know, Vanacek probably would have had the same evening. But at the same time, I say. Would we have allowed 22 shots on goal if Vanacek was in net? Because we do tend to play a little bit differently. Whether or not that's true, whether that's me, I, I don't know. But that's just what I'm saying. I just thought all around uh, tonight's game, it was just clear that Boston is the better hockey team. And before we can really, I think, uh, hang with them on a regular basis, I, I think we're a little a year away, maybe. Um, you know, uh, doesn't say that if we meet them in the Eastern Conference Final, we can't beat them. Um, the two of the games that we played were by one goal. Um, they were they were close games, and um, you know you go back to you know the, a couple of missed opportunities and the breakaway that Hughes had, and uh, uh, you know and then he goes back and makes a great save on on Pasternak on uh, a breakaway. Um, you know I just I thought Mackenzie Blackwood okay it sucked he was in there. I have a text thread between the four of us about forty five threads text of us all just losing our minds about why this dude Who's is even shit? in net. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm this one I'm willing to say, yeah, he was on, he's on the hook for those two. But he came up big. This game easily could have been 8 to 1, you know. I I, I felt. But uh, Yeah, I'll, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, I get the point that he clamped down. He did well after that. Definitely. What's up, Neil? I, I I have to say real quick before we uh, go into what everybody thought, I'm actually glad we have a, a guest on tonight. This is uh, Neil Valapiano. He's a uh, he's a broadcaster, analyst, journalist, author, host of Devil State of Mind podcast. Yeah, um, you fam. Yeah, I mean you got it. You, I, I was going through your uh, your LinkedIn there, Neil, and uh, you know saw a couple of books you've written. I do have a couple mm-hmm. of questions for you about some books that you you wrote, yeah. and uh, all around just a, a big big devil guy and apparently a big giant guy behind you uh i see but uh i'm so you see everybody's names up here on on the board neil so um Welcome, Neil, let's man. let's get you in uh what'd you think of tonight <clears throat> against boston give us your you know thirty thousand foot uh view of here what you what do you think so i think overall it was a frustrating loss um because the devils were in it basically from since first like four minutes in it looked like the devils were going to get blown out pretty quickly um but after the brack goal the devils really uh you know they really settled down i thought as the game progressed they were able to create chances jack hughes had a breakaway opportunity had a couple good shots on net sharon govich had a good rebound uh the devils had a four minute power play that they didn't score on which to me i feel like was unacceptable um but you know hats off to linus allmark who played a hell of a game hats off to the bruins in general they played a hell of a game 
I think at the end of the day, every Devils fan and even everybody on that team on the Devils team can look at this game and keep their heads held high. It stinks. You know, we had a chance to go into first place in the Metro, had a chance to clinch home ice advantage going into the first round of the playoffs, and now, you know, there's still that added pressure with the last two games of the season coming up this upcoming week. But I think the Devils looked at this game, looked at who they played, the best team in the NHL going for that, you know, tying the record for most wins in a regular season, all of that going on, playing on national TV, and I think that they did a really, really good job of just playing a playoff style of hockey. And even though they didn't win, I think that they have a lot of things that they could take from that that are good. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, use that as motivation to get the uh, to get the wins over the next uh, two games against Buffalo and Washington. So, yeah, I think overall it was uh, disappointing. It was frustrating. But at the same time, there was a lot of positives um, anyway from a uh, from this loss tonight. Now, did you, were you scratching your head a little bit on the Blackwood start? I was. I, I definitely there was no indication at morning skating. Granted, it was optional, but there was no indication that. Blackwood was going to get the start tonight. You definitely were like, you you were you were not really thrilled that Blackwood was getting the start in a, in a game as big as this, and knowing the inconsistencies from uh, Blackwood all year long. Um, and Lindy Ruff, you know, when Emily Kaplan asked him why he did this, you know, it was all about scheduling. So this this decision was made weeks ago, just based off of what Lindy Ruff said there. That, that was the decision that was made in this game. So, you know, look. I wasn't thrilled about it. Do I think if VTech had played, we would have won? It's tough to say considering we only lost two to one. And Blackwood was a brick wall for 56 minutes straight. Um, so I guess it would be fair to say no. I don't think it would have made a difference. I give Blackwood a lot of credit. He's had a pretty solid track record against Boston dating back to the last couple of years. But it was certainly a head-scratching decision um, that seemed like it was going to be a disaster uh, just four minutes in with goals, you know, one and two like that. Um, but, you know, overall, I think Blackwood played as well as he could have. Unfortunately, like it is has been for him several times this year, it just wasn't enough to uh, to get the win. Now, I mean, I was looking at your, your stuff, and I see, I mean, you have one of your books that you, I know I'm going to get off hockey for a second. I just mm -hmm. want to ask you about this. So are you a Jets fan or are you a Giant fan? Uh, no, I live in a house full of Jets fans, but I am not a Jets fan myself. You're a Giant fan. I am a Giants fan, as you can. Okay, because you, you so for anyone, uh, so so Neil wrote a book called J E T S Pain Pain Pain, Correct. which I just I love the name. So uh, you know, I, uh, what made you kind of want to write a book about the Jets and and just how their horrible organization? I'm guessing that's what the the book is. The book kind of more about a, a fan's perspective of everything you've been through, or kind of just the turmoil and disaster of that front office for so many years. It's a little bit of both, actually. Okay. Um, you know, again, living in a household with Jets fans and, you know, being around somebody who's been a Jets fan uh, since, you know, they were even the Titans, uh, you, you kind of start, you know, you learn about all of these crazy things that have happened to this organization, even up until this year. I mean, this past season with, with Zach Wilson and everything. Um, and they feel they're cursed, right? In and many Rogers, ways, right? I mean, I what's going on with that? I think it's really fair to say that uh, Joe Namath made a deal with the <laughs> devil to win Super Bowl three, and the it Jets seems are like still that. paying for it to this day. Um, oh. But yeah, I mean, I, I it was something. It was a passion project of mine. I've always been a fan of you know reading books, and I and I said to myself, why don't I just write a book? And I thought about what would be a good thing to write about. And I said, you know, 
the Jets do have a lot of different history type books, but none of them that have like more of a perspective from a fan standpoint. I think that's gotcha. really something that we're missing in sports media nowadays. Just the fans' overall reaction to all these crazy things. So when you read this book, you'll read it like you're a fan, and you'll see it in the, in the way I wrote it, just how Jets fans would react to every single type of crazy situation that has happened over their entire history since Super Bowl three. So, yeah, it was just... So it's not like a Giants fan, sh- like, schadenfreude? No. Like, l- let me show you my family and how twisted they get about <laughs> no, this team. No, not at all. Not at oh, all. Oh, okay. Um, I got you. I think, you know, it's, it's again, you know, because I've had people ask me this all the time about... You know, you're not a Jets fan. Why did you write about them? I said, well, if I'm going to write about the Giants, what is there entertaining per se to write about? Absolutely Uh, nothing. The fact that they've won four (laughs) Super Bowls, like how (laughs) the Jets constantly find ways to get themselves right in the middle of everything. Even now, you know, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. They keep saying he's going to be a Jet. Aaron Rodgers said he's going to be a Jet. It's April 8th, and he's still not a Jet. So if, it's like, if, is I, it going to happen? Is it not? You know, when it, when it comes here? to the Rodgers thing, I think if it's not done by the draft, then it, uh, Jet fans need to kind of worry a little bit. Then because yeah. there is no backup plan. Like if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, you what are you going to go after Lamar Jackson? I was going to say you, you go after like, Lamar, maybe. Right. I mean, uh, you know, if the Forty Nine ers in on Rodgers too now, aren't they? They did come out and yeah. say that yeah. if the if that. Jets deal went south that they would be in the market. I still think that the, the Niners are going to grab uh, Kirk Cousins before the season starts. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think you're going to see Trey Lance in purple. You're going to see Cousins in a Niner uniform. And that's how I think it's going to go. I need to write a book. I'm a Raider fan and it fucking sucks. So am I. That's <laughs> a good title. That's Actually, it. I'm a Raider fan and it fucking that's sucks. That's a great name. Just a really quick story for you guys. Um, I'm also Please. actually a, a Las Vegas Raiders fan because my uncle played for the Raiders in the 70s. Oh, uh, shit. Phil, Phil Villapiano was a left outside oh, linebacker, yeah. number 41. That's my uncle. So he played for the legendary John Madden. So and not only am I a Giants fan, but I'm also a big uh, Las Vegas Raiders fan as well. So, I'm, I'm a huge Raiders, Raiders fan, man. Teams. I followed them around and stuff. I'm a huge <laughs> Raiders fan. Yeah, so uh, I mean. And, and as far as the Raiders are concerned, I, I hate Josh McDaniels. I hate Dave Ziegler. Awful. I hate everybody who runs this team. I don't. I have no hope in this team right now. If we get Anthony Richardson, I'll be happy. And if not, I'm going to be very sad. I thought they I made a mistake when they got rid of Del Rio. I mean, I, I just, you know. I agree. I agree. Well, real quick, I want to just, I got to just ask you, Neil, because you you seem a little bit younger than us. So I'm curious, when did your devil fandom begin how old were you when you first got kind of got into this team yeah. is, was there any particular uh first memory something that you were like holy shit i gotta follow these guys or was it just i live in jersey this is my team well it was a little bit it was a little bit of both um the the first major memory that i have uh was in 2008 it was the first year that the prudential center opened and my dad took a bunch of us my whole my whole family my whole siblings to a devil's game ironically against the Bruins um, and the Devils ended up winning in a shootout um, in that one and, and I fell in love with the sport right away I started watching every single game I started you know trying to learn everything I could about the New Jersey Devils and it has developed into not only you know a passion of mine a love of mine but it has turned into a career with the Devils State of Mind podcast I mean I get to talk about my favorite team and my favorite sport for a living and that is something that has been a goal of mine since I was young, since I was a very young broadcaster, and it's been phenomenal. So yeah, and 
you know, I was another big memory of mine is when Marty broke the record for most wins in a career by a goalie, five five two. Elias broke the all time points record the same exact game. I remember sitting ice level for that one. Um, those are the two big memories that stand out to me that really created that devil's fandom in me. Very, very cool. And uh, what are you thinking this year? Where where do you who do you want to see these guys match up against in the first round? Who do you think we have the best chance with? Well, to answer the first part of the question, I don't really have a preference as to who we play, honestly, because I feel that this Devils team can beat anybody that they play. I know that they haven't had success against certain teams like Florida, the Islanders. I get all that. I totally get it. But I feel that confident in this team that they can compete with anybody. Who do I think they'll end up playing? They'll probably end up playing the Rangers. As much as it would be great to see this Devils team go out and win a division championship, you know, going from where we were last year to winning a division championship would be phenomenal. It's just that the Devils have had opportunities to jump the Hurricanes in the first place like they did tonight, and every single time of late, they haven't been able to get over that hump. So it seems less and less likely that we're going to be able to jump Carolina into first, and so I think we'll end up playing the Rangers in the first round. And even honestly, if we end up where we have to play the first two games at the Garden and we lose home ice, I'm not terribly worried about it because you're talking about one of the best uh, teams on the road this season in this Devils team. So... Really, for me, it's just about whoever we play, I'm going to be excited about no matter what because the fact that the Devils are in the playoffs and have a legitimate shot to make a deep run in these playoffs is exciting enough for me. So that's that's the way I would answer that question. They definitely think it goes seven against the Rangers? Do I think it'll go seven? Yeah. No. I'm going to say it's going to go six. Um, as much as everybody would want it to go seven, and believe me, I think that there's definitely a chance, I think it'll end up going six um, because sometimes when you get a matchup that is so exciting for the entire league, it doesn't always go the way you're hoping. Like, last year was a different example. You know, we had Tampa and Toronto in the first round. It went seven games. It went exactly the way everybody thought it was going to go. I think a lot of people expect that this year. I think that the Devils have a lot of confidence going up against the Rangers. I think they'll be able to steal at least a game in the Garden. You know, it's not necessarily an easy place to play. And I think... Once the Devils get their full game going, I think it's going to become a very big problem for this Rangers team. So I definitely can see it going seven, but I think it'll end up going six. That's the way I look at it. Now, you have – it says you're you're the PA announcer for the New Jersey Titans? Uh, yeah, I actually was the PA announcer for a while. Um, I oh, did you're a, not uh, anymore. I did like half a season. Yeah, yeah I did half a season. How cool um, was that? I mean, it was uh, – it was a pretty awesome experience. Um, I've done a lot of, I've done a bunch of P announcing for several teams: Jersey Shore Whalers, uh, Protect Ducks, New Jersey Titans, a bunch of different teams. Um, and this was great because, you know, it's a junior team. You know, it's a lot of 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds, but it's the most professional um, team I've ever been around. I've ever worked for. I mean, they. The way they set everything up, the way that they want things presented, the way every, you know, the energy, the excitement, everything, it's great. So it was a really phenomenal experience. It's something that I will um, definitely hold on to for the rest of my, my broadcasting career. Um, but, you know, a couple things happened. I mean, uh, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a play-by-play voice first and foremost. I mean, that's just what I am. That's what I love. I love doing color commentary as well. Um, and also, you know, Devil's State of Mind has grown dramatically over the last six to eight months for me. And it has become way, way more, you know, I don't want to say important, but it's become way, way more 
you know, big for me where I spend every day putting out more content and doing and giving Devils fans the best content that I possibly can uh, with interviews and, you know, interactions and all that stuff. But that was a great experience working for the New Jersey Titans. I yeah, bet Devils. the Devils have also had some changes in their broadcast team. Yeah. So, you know, now we've got the uh, Spalding error. Were you, you in know. the running for Bill Spalding's job, Neil? Or no? <laughs> Did you, you throw know, your hat I, in the um, ring? And how do you feel you about know, that? I definitely tried to throw my ring into uh, into the hat there. Um, but uh, they never really got a word back. But, you know, it happens. You know, when you're when you're as young as I am, 25 years of age. You 25. Know, so, <laughs> yeah, <I'm only> <laughs> you know, I like to say I'm only 25. I wish um, podcasting was around when we were 25. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes, sometimes you get, no, sometimes I'd be you in get too lucky. much trouble. You get lucky with age, but you know, it's you know, I definitely tried to push it. Um, I know when the Devils were doing that PA announcing contest like two seasons ago, mm-hmm. I uh, really tried to push myself to do that as well because I firmly believe that I am, and this is not coming from me being cocky. This is me being confident. I'm very much, I very much believe that I'm just as good as anybody that you'll hear on TV. Um, I do a lot of live watch-alongs on YouTube for the Hockey Podcast Network where I do, you know, games. And if you guys haven't had to, I would highly recommend you go check them out. It's a lot of fun. Um, And I do a lot of my broadcasting there. Uh, And I get a lot of compliments, a lot of, you know, saying how professional I am and things like that. But this is just what I'm about. This is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. Um, And, you know, obviously I think Bill has done a tremendous job in taking over for Steve Cangelosi. We obviously miss, you know, some of us miss Kanji, some of us don't. Everybody has mm. <laughs> a different opinion on him. But, you know, I think Bill has done the best that he can, you know, in this position, and he's, he's passed with flying colors. Adam Ham- Hamway has done a really great job of being professional as he is as the PA announcer for this team. So a lot has changed in that aspect, um, and all of it's been really positive. I mean, Everybody likes to think that that's one of the reasons that we became this good this year because we made all these other cha- outside the team changes. Um, no, I, I do think it was Cangelosi's fault that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I can't honestly tell like you that. If it was, if it was only that easy, right? Just, right. Ah, you know, oh, the team sucks. What can we do? Just change the color guy. Okay. I just want to know how soccer's doing with him there, but. You know that's probably not. Yeah, Dan. Dan is not a. Dan is not a. We're not Cangelosi fans. To, uh, win a game this season. Okay. So, you know. So I'm not saying there's a connection or anything. Sure <laughs> Here's something for you, Neil. Um, sure. So you're. So what do you think we're going to see with uh, Luke? Are we going to see him in the playoffs? This is a really good question that I have tried to get as much uh, information um, that I can, and the information that I have is simply this. Luke Hughes is probably going to play at least one, maybe the last two games of the season. There is the possibility he may get into the lineup against Buffalo, if not against Washington. I think things would have changed. I think it would have been more certain had we won tonight because, again, we were trying to lock up home ice advantage, which I think the Devils care a little bit more about than necessarily winning the division. Um, But I think we will see Luke Hughes play. In terms of the playoffs, I don't think you'll see it like we saw with Kale McCarr. Well, he'll play in the playoffs, and that's that. Um, A lot of what we heard from Tom Fitzgerald is that he is going to sit, he is going to watch. An example I like giving people is when Derek Jeter was a rookie in 1995, the Yankees did not play him in the playoffs. He played during the regular season, did not play in the playoffs. He sat there and watched the the team and learned and then, you know, took took over full-time in 96. That's what I think we're going to see here with Luke Hughes. So he may play a game or two in the regular season. He may not. And then he's probably not going to play in the playoffs. 
Um, he's going to sit there. He's going to watch. He's going to try to learn as much as he can, learn how the team plays, learn how the, the system you know goes down and everything like that, and then go into next year's training camp in 2023-24 with an opportunity to make the roster and uh, you know go from there. So I think that's the way that Devils fans should look at it. Um, I would be pe- pleasantly surprised if Luke Hughes played the last two games of regular season. Um, maybe he only plays one of them. You know, we'll see. But I think the chance of him, of him playing in the playoffs, barring several injuries, is probably, I would say, slim to none, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking injuries or perhaps if, like, you know, one or two players just are flubbing it early, they might just throw him in there. So it would be and great to get him in at least one of these last, you know, regular season games to have – some kind of warm up in case that comes to pass in the playoffs. And knowing Lindy Ruff, you know he's never afraid to make those changes. He's oh, never oh, afraid he's, to do that. So I he likes making changes. Them. That's true. Now we talked about 2023-24 season. Now, what's your thoughts on Meyer Braddock resigning these guys? I would say there's a 95% chance that we resign them both. I think that first and foremost, I think Jesper Bratt desperately wants to stay here. His agents have even said it that they want personally for Brad to so stay in New Jersey. What is he looking for, what money wise? I don't mean to cut you off, but That's, I'm just curious. Like if no, they no, really, if he really wants to stay here, what what I, is it that they are? How far off are these guys? I say this all the time, especially with hockey players. They're not the type of guys that are going to say this is what I personally want. It's more of the agent That's talking. Why they have agents, exactly. Right. It's more of the agent talking. I don't know what the agents are looking for, honestly. The reality is, is that. Tom Fitzgerald really wants to try to make it so that nobody makes more than Jack Hughes. The problem is, is that when Jack Hughes signed his contract, he hadn't reached the crazy year that he's had this year. Jack Hughes, in many ways, is getting underpaid for the way he's been playing right Definitely. now. So things have become relatively tough. It, it's not it's not like the Devils can't pay both Meyer and Bratt next offseason. They certainly can. There's no question about it. I think Jesper Bratt is looking for somewhere in the eight and a half million dollar range per year which I would be okay with doing um, Timo Meyer, I think it's going to be a lot easier with Timo I don't think it'll be as like difficult I think Timo wants to be here I think that this is an opportunity for him to expand his championship window uh, he has definitely um, blended in very well with this team and look we gave up you know regardless of how much the value actually was of the trade we gave up a lot for Timo Meyer. You know, we, we can't put anything bad. We gave up a lot for him. So we got to get something done. Um, but I think that they'll both get a deal done. I don't know how team-friendly it'll be, but I certainly think that they will both get deals locked down and um, then we'll be able to worry about everything else. I, I agree with you 100% on the Meyer thing. I do think no matter what, he will be here next year. I'm not as confident with, uh, on Brat. Or, or if you're watching Ray Ferraro call the game, it's Jesper Brat. So I don't know what we're, what are we calling I, this I guy now? I have, uh, so. I have completely given up on how you how you pro- right? how you pronounce his name. The best part is when we have two guys with the same first name, both from the same country, and they're and they're pronounced differently. You have yes. Well, one's from the north, one's from the south, maybe. Right. And I'm like, which one is it? Yeah. On, on this show, Neil, we have uh, we have Jesper Brat, and then we have Jesper the Lesser. So whenever Jesper referring to Boquist, that's Jesper the Lesser. So just that's just good. so you and, know, uh, you know, I guess uh, we'll, that, see, we'll see what happens with we'll see what happens with the Brad situation. It's been a frustrating one to say the least. Yeah, who do you think's I, gone I, next season? Oh. Who, who do I think's gone out of those two? 
No, out of like you know, with Graves, you think Graves is going to be here next year? You oh, think okay. oh, well, obviously Severson's in general. You're talking like Graves yeah, and Severson and Black. David Severson. Okay, I'll be honest. David Severson, I want so badly off this team. Um, I know, Welcome to our podcast. Look, I know Neil, you'll fit in fine here with us. I know, I know how much people love him analytically. Like I see it all the time on Twitter. It's um, crazy, right? I see it all the time. I I love CJ Tatora. I love him. He's been on my podcast before. Love the dude. But the more that he talks about hyping up Severson, the anger that I get because I say, look, for every good play that he makes, he makes about It happened tonight, seven. Neil. He, he, he comes down and stops a two-on-one and gets all the accolades. He caused the two-on-one. Two I don't know if anybody watched that one. I'm like, are you guys watching this game? I don't get it. Yeah, so I know exactly like, what you mean. Ray Farrell was like, that's a heck of a – that's the second time tonight that, that Severson's made a great play two-on-one. And I'm like, yeah. Because he's also caused both of them to happen. Yeah, he right? coughed the puck up on his own blue line, and and then, and then had to rush back for a two on one. I, you know, I, I don't get it. Right, so I do not. Steverson, I think, is definitely gone because I think he's asking for too much money. If he wants over six million dollars, this man, he can go wherever else he wants. I don't really care. Um, Graves, I personally want him back, but he may not be back because not because of money, not because of money. Mm-hmm. But because of the young guys we have coming, remember we have Luke Hughes, Simone Nuez, right. Seamus Casey. We did have Shakir until we traded him, so that's a little bit different. He scored his first goal, right, with San, San Jose. Uh, he did, he did. Yeah. So good on, so good on, uh, good on him. Um, he also had a four-point night recently in the AHL. So all of a sudden, he comes over to North America again, and he's lighting it up. But you know, again, probably wasn't going to happen in New Jersey, but. Yeah, that's going to be a tough situation. Graves is probably gone. Uh, Blackwood, I think, is definitely gone, um, especially with about the emergence of Uh Tatar, yeah. I really want him back because honestly, I, like I think he's played well. Me too. Well. I, think I he, totally get it. And he played so well tonight place. too. Like, we can't just add more young guys to a team that's already incredibly young. I'm like, at some point, we got to have a little more. I think Eric Hall ends up going, although I personally would like to see him come back as a third-line center. Miles um, Wood, I think I we think missed him up, tonight. I think Miles Wood showed. is definitely gone. Yeah. Why was so. Hall out tonight? Healthy scratch. Just a Hall's healthy scratch. Out. Well, the thing is, like, he for, didn't for practice. Sharon Govich, because yes. I missed all pregame and everything. Yeah. Was yeah, it for Sharon Govich? Really? Sharon yeah. Govich came in. Yeah. We yeah. want to get another look at. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's another guy. I think Miles Wood and Sharon Govich. I think also are both. Going to be gone. So right. I was hoping they were going to move Sharon Govich in the trade deadline. I was hoping he was going to I get think moved. That they, here's the thing: I think they tried to move him in the Timo deal, and I think the Sharks just didn't want him. That's what. Yeah. That's what I, I think, think you're too. right. Yep. Yeah, I would have traded him to uh, Detroit for Tyler Bertuzzi if it took that little mm-hmm. to get him. Oh man, I would have done that. That would have been a great get. You know, yeah. instead you know, we look, played against. There's him. a lot of tough decisions that are going to be made, and as I always say, I'm glad I'm not the GM because I don't know how I would be able to handle all this. But um, right. Overall, I give Fitzgerald high marks, though, don't right. you? I, I mean, mean, he's done a great job. There's, I, there's nothing to complain about from my end. There's yeah, no definitely. doubt that he's Except, well, executive of the know, year, I right? Just, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Like, I don't know if it's Burnett's fault or Lindy's fault or this team in general, but I don't get why when I watch other teams on the power play, they move the puck methodically, they get shots on net. We watch us and we pass the puck a thousand times, get trapped in the corner. And we, and, and we and we don't we don't do anything, and then we give up odd man rushes shorthanded. Like I don't, yeah. especially I against the experienced teams. It seems like they're a little hesitant on the power play. I agree with that. I saw and you that look, you look at the firepower the Devils have. They should be so much better than twenty percent on the power play. I mean, they they yeah. just our they, they power sh- play unit is better than our first. That's the problem right 
Yeah. It feels like a confidence thing. Like these guys just, you know, maybe you're a little in awe of where they are at this season, this point in the season. And I'm hoping that they, you know, just get that confidence to push them over the edge. Because you said earlier, and I totally agree, playing their best, this team can beat anyone. Yeah, and can. it's like the they just have to games. remember that. <laughs> look at the last, and granted, I know, I know who we've played the last two games prior to Boston, but just look at the last two games. We played Pittsburgh, blew them out 5-1. Yeah. to one. Play, We played Columbus, granted, they sucked. But we won 8-1. to one. Like, right. when was the last time we saw the Devils score eight goals in a game? Yeah. Like, uh, you score eight goals against any professional hockey team, you're having right. a hell of a night. I, yeah. Exactly. And, like, they come into this game against the best team in the NHL by far, and they lose 2-1, to one, and honestly, they weren't even at, they weren't even playing their A game. That wasn't no, I think if they, they if they roll it back in their heads, they, they, they might be saying, we could have definitely won this game. Like, there were so many plays where they at. just oh. weren't making those mental mistakes you know, it was yeah, that they were tonight. That's kind of the frustrating thing about all three games against Boston this yeah. year, that you could walk away from all three of them saying that. Like, we could have fucking had that. You know, yeah, it was know. right there. Yeah. But you know, Boston, you know, they period. 56 we, we, we goals in the third period only this year. That is crazy a number. 56 you know, goals yeah. in the third period. Look, at the end of the day, Boston is just a machine right now. They are doing so much unbelievable stuff. They really show like they have no weaknesses. That Every single one of their lines is just stacked. They don't even have like Foligno playing right now. Uh, David Krejci wasn't even playing tonight. I mean, that and like they if, if there was ever a year for a team this stacked to win the cup, it would be this Bruins team. It would be this Bruins team who limped into the playoffs last year. They limped in and got to seven games only because they couldn't win a game in Carolina, but they could win every game at home. This year, it's cup or bust. I mean, if they don't get it done, honestly, it's going to be one of the most disappointing and probably embarrassing situations. I mean, if they get to the finals... You know, it won't be as bad, but like if they that, it's got to be the finals. We, we've right. we've actually discussed that. Like anything less than the Cup Finals, it I don't is know. disappointing. I'm see, I could see the Devils and, taking them out in the Conference Finals. I can I, see I, it happening yeah, if I've they just get one time. win I against them. I can see them. the Islanders taking them out in round one. Oh, I God, can see that. I can see that. I know everybody thinks I'm freaking nuts for that, but I can. I know what you're saying. They're an experienced team. You can't count out a physical, low-scoring, high-goal-tending team like the Islanders who have made the conference finals two of the last three years. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. count them out, even if they get in the playoffs, which they probably will, considering they won tonight. I think they're pretty much going to. They whooped Um, up on Tampa tonight, I think. They beat Philly 4-0, the Islanders, Who played Tampa? Somebody whooped up on Tampa. Uh, Uh, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember. That's right. Boston's killed killed how many penalties in a row now? They said it was like 34, 35 penalties in a row. But that was it. I think, think, I'll be honest with you guys, when you look at this game, the the turning point of the game was the fact that we had a four-minute power play and didn't score on it. Which we've seen that this year already a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 such a double-edged sword when it stretches over between periods. I always feel like, okay, you know, you you really want to score as it ends the period because what a nice way to end the period. And when you come in with that... You don't score there. You know you're like under the gun for the rest of that period. Look, the Devils thinking about that chance. Thousand passes tonight, and about 900 of them would have been deflected or blocked. The Bruins just defensively tonight had a game plan and did it so well. The Devils took mm-hmm. advantage of one oper- of, of, of a mistake and scored. <clears throat> they had other chances. Jack Hughes had that breakaway, couldn't mm-hmm. finish it. At the end of right. the day. You have to take advantage of your opportunities when you get them against a team like Boston who doesn't make very many mistakes. 
and they and, didn't unite. But you know what? And, Again, you 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 keep your head up high, and you walk away from this game like you did the other two games against Boston, and say, "We can hang with this team. We we've proven that we belong here. We've proven that we can play with this team." You also throw in if we play Boston, let's say a conference final. Um, you know, through a seven-game series, there is plenty of room to adjust. And Boston does better than anybody in the league taking away what the Devils do best, and that, right. that's their speed. They, they cannot they, – they clog up the neutral zone. There is not – you don't have time to breathe before you have a Bruin on you. You give the Devils and that coaching staff, I believe, a seven-game series to figure things out, they're going to figure things out. Um, yeah. and, and they've always been better on the back half of back to back. They're that kind of team that just learns. I right. kind of have fa- I, I have a lot of faith in this team to not make the same mistakes over and over and over. And we see it a lot. You see it, you know, they this year. I mean, look at it. They go out, they lose a game, they have a stinker. It happens. It's a long season. But how many times do they have two, three stinkers in a row? Not many. This team look. can turn it back around. And get rolling and get in, get right back to where they were at peak performance. Uh, it seems like uh, you know every once in a while they get a little kick in the ass, but it happens to every single team. Look at, what, I'm just, happened, look at what happened last week, right? We get blown out by Winnipeg. I mean, destroyed. Mm-hmm. We looked awful. Worst game of the year. And, yeah. And we respond with what? Two blowout wins right exactly. after. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you a know, hard fought loss, but a hard fought really big playoff like game against the Bruins. Like that's three the, really this, good games, right? You know, right, right away after that Winnipeg game, and you have Buffalo, who is still in the playoff hunt, but it's very unlikely that they get in, which kind of stinks because I was hoping that Buffalo would get in. And then you have Washington, which basically at this point, what are they? You know, they got nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, Buffalo beat Carolina today, right? They did. Yeah, they, did. they won. And that's the thing that sucks about us not winning or at least getting a point tonight, because again, yes. Carolina still has a game. More that they have to play, which is going to be yeah. on Monday, I believe. And then they used up their game in hand, and we just kind of gave it right back to them. This right. is the when third or fourth that. time the Devils have done this, where like they had yeah. it, couldn't make that jump, but it's going to happen again, guys. We have to remember, we're in the playoffs regardless. We're not going to get eliminated over these next two games, and whoever we play, whether we start at home or on the road, once the playoffs start, none of this is going to matter. It's all about just getting into playoffs. And let's see where this thing goes. And this team can go as far as, you know, making the cup final if they want to. And they can go as little as getting swept in the first round. Like, that's... So you're 25 years old. So you've yeah. never really... You've never seen them win a cup. You were five years old when they won the last cup. I was alive for 2000 and 2003, but I wasn't, like, fully conscious. So Wow, so this... this yeah. This is this is something your whole life you've been building yeah. up to, you know. I mean, yep. we were we were there too, but it was yeah. twenty years ago. And this and, may be know, our last we, one, you know. Twenty. We, we were able we were able to see them win the three and, and enjoy them and be your age, especially around the third one. But yeah, you know, it, this is this is a this is a big yeah. postseason for you and and yeah. and for the the fan base that is in your age group. This is huge. Like you guys have seen one playoff run. Really? I mean, okay, you know, we had 2018 decade, stuff, yes. but the last 10 years, and if you even yeah. want to count that as a playoff run, it and was, think, you know, it was. And, the other thing and this is by far a better team. Yeah, this so is, so is, is Neil's first and our last, guys. 
and, and, yeah. and well, I'll tell you. And for us, it's exciting in the simple fact that this is unlike any devil team that we've yeah. ever seen. I mean, win. the old devils. You know, I, this... I don't expect you to remember them, but they were not like this. They were <laughs> sure great in their own way. Tape. This is different. Yeah, this yeah, this I mean, team has got a lot of character, and they are very fun to watch, man. And I think and, uh, the yeah. thing people have to understand is that people of my age, all we've known from the Devils is getting absolutely railed by every team in the NHL. Right. Like, that's what we've seen for years. So for us, so for a lot of us, this is so rewarding to go from that 17-18 year, which was pretty much a fluke, to eventually five years later getting to being arguably the greatest Devils team in regular season franchise history, and having all of this talent, and knowing it's going to be here long term for the next six, seven, eight years, and the yeah. opportunity down the road to potentially lift the Stanley Cup back in New Jersey is a phenomenal thing. Like we were, there were times where we were just asking for the bare minimum here. Like you know, again, we went into the season. Let's just make a wild card spot, and we'll be happy. It was, yeah, it was play meaningful hockey in March and April. That's, That's what all Fitzgerald we wanted. Said. Yep. That's what he yeah. said. And, he said, and, I want to play meaningful hockey in March and April. Yeah, he has gotten his go. wish and That's, more. And, and this this team is super, super exciting. Um, I, I want to go back to the, your books real quick, if that's cool. Because you did, you write, you wrote, how many books did you write? Two or three? I wrote three. Okay, I saw that. And for some reason, I just, I, I was at work and I was trying to get some info on you. And I couldn't yeah. find the third one. So the, the second one... It was one, uh, Game of Thrones. Did you ever right? hear about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. He was looking for your OnlyFans page. <laughs> so it, it, so I, this one, at first, I had to I had to scroll in to get the whole title, because at first I thought you were... Honestly, I thought I was like, is this a joke book? Like a hockey joke book? It's Maple Leafs to Maple Laughs. And at yeah. first, I thought it was like a hockey joke book. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Then I read a little further. The tur- torture and heartbreak of being a Leafs fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go to the same question that I asked about the Jets. How do you get involved in going through, uh, uh, look through the eyes Come of a Come on, Maple Neil. Leafs That's got to be a little schadenfreude. It's yeah. got to be in this case, right? Because you know, I love watching the Leafs lose. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, when the when the Leafs did the thing, and when I mean by the thing, they had a three games to none lead against Montreal and completely collapsed, right? And became the longest cup drought in uh, NHL um, Reese, I guess I guess you'd say history it, it, it just it, it, it lightened a fire in me to say you know what nobody's written a book like this about the Leafs nobody and did it sell well in Toronto did they did they enjoy the book um I think in Montreal they just certainly I bet did. you yeah, in Montreal they, they love it, it. I, they on, uh, I was on I think two Montreal podcasts after I wrote the book so i think yeah i think <laughs> that's Habs awesome fans, i think Habs fans were definitely thrilled um but uh i watched a video that someone put on youtube anybody could go see it and it was talking about the leafs and you know harold ballard owning the team and all that stuff and i said this is so fast this is just like the jets it's like the same damn thing yeah, yeah. Right. only it's in in canada and i said i gotta write a book about this so when i was writing it i was like this is crazy. Like you read up this information and stuff and it's like, it just writes itself. I said this about the three books that I've written. It wrote itself with all of the history that has happened with these franchises. It's, it's crazy. Um, what was the third one? The, the, well, it was actually the second one. The second book I wrote was meet the Mets mess. The R E G R E T S of New York town. 
Sorry, wow. buddy. Sorry, buddy. We just well, took a turn. Right? We do. We gotta yeah, go we, now. Our guy up uh, here. I think we're out of time. Huge Mets fan. <laughs> you know what, Bobby? I'm gonna let you deal with the the Mets questions yeah. if you have any for Neil over here. I, I listen, Neil. I know it. I lived it. Okay, so yeah, oh, meet sure. the mess. I get it. Yeah, I'm with I think you, the Bobby. next one should be on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just asking for a friend. The who? That's the, the book. Who? <laughs> the who? You know what? You, you probably, Neil. You probably could do this about a Viking. I am a, a Viking fan. Um, so, I kind of yeah. figured that, Chris. Once you it, mentioned Kirk Cousins was going to get traded from Minnesota, I'm like, I wonder if he's a Vikings fan and just wants I, Kirk Cousins off his team. I guess. <laughs> yes and yes. Yes and you know yes. Um, Very perceptive. From all of us here in, uh, in, in New, the New York, New Jersey area, we want to thank Kirk Cousins personally for checking down on a fourth and ten. Really appreciate it, that. It wasn't, you know what, it wasn't just <laughs> checking down on fourth and eight it was checking down to a covered tight end three yards behind the sticks in front of the sticks like there was so much back seven yards away from the yeah maybe it was three yards from three yards from the line of scrimmage but i i have to say you should really not just send a bouquet of flowers to kirk but Ed Donatel and the entire defense of the oh, Minnesota dude, Vikings. Love, that is that. where you should send all your regards and flowers. Ed Donatel should get a certain percentage of Daniel Jones' money. <laughs> I completely agree. If not Donatel for Ed Donatel. God, Daniel Jones paid. It, without <laughs> Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel can go to bed tonight just knowing I made Daniel Jones $35 million. Never would Daniel Jones make a fraction of that money unless he played Ed Donatel's defense in the playoffs, and that's exactly what you got, and after we all knew first, it. After the regular season game, I said to myself, we get the Vikings in the first, in the wild card round, we're going to beat them. Every we, smart every I, smart Viking fan said the same thing. Every smart Viking fan knew well, as much fun as that season was yeah. last year, and it was a ton of fun. We won 13 games and a couple of them in very awesome fashion. And here's uh, a fun fact for you, Chris. By the way, I'm actually yeah. friends with um, I'm actually friends with someone whose grandfather played for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Gary no Quazzo. Gary Quazzo. Yeah, he was a backup quarterback. Um, this was in the late '60s when Joe Cap was the quarterback. Okay, so he was and backing then, up Cap. Yeah, yeah, he was backing up Cap. He played. He started the year in 1969, broke his collarbone, and then Joe Cap became the starter the rest of the way, and that was so. That, he, so. Was he on that team that made it to the Super Bowl with Cass? Wow. That's very cool. he was on all four teams that went to the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah, so he backed up Tarkenton and Cass. Yeah. He was That's kind of one of those cool. guys that, like, was just such a likable backup that, like, no, like the Vikings just couldn't get rid of him. Yeah. Like, you know, he's just like, he's that, like, security blanket that no matter what, like, even if it's, like, he's got to come in to play a couple of drives, sure. what he's going to do. So it, um, is, If he's still alive, I'll take him now. If he's willing to come and play quarterback for I think Minnesota, he's just straight up and try to get so, one of these quarterbacks. Even if he I, isn't alive, I think I think that's what they're going to do. Um, I do think they. I, I've heard I, and I, they've heard a lot of rumors now and a lot of mock drafts now are calling Hendon Hooker to Minnesota. Um, no matter what, this is that's Cousins last year. Um, you, you like that pick? I think it's look. I think I think Hendon Hooker is going to be one of the steals of this draft, in my opinion. I think I know, a lot of people are saying that. I think I think if he didn't tear his ACL in college, I think he would have been a top. 10 you think a, a, he'd be he'd be right up there with the other guys, huh? Oh yeah, I, I think I think the that's why I think the Raiders and I, and, and I'm sure you know Andy can understand it's like the the Raiders have done a lot of research on Hendon Hooker of late. Mm-hmm. Like 
They sound like if they're not going to get Richardson, they're probably going to trade down and get Hennon Hooker either at the end of the first round or second round if he's there. Now, I wanted I to ask you, what did you think about how they handled the car situation? I oh, know, you know, Bobby, sorry, Dan, Derek I know Carr, this is... Am I, allowed, am I allowed to curse on here? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Derek Carr got absolutely fucked over by the Raiders organization. Totally. Absolutely. Not that word, though. Not that <laughs> word. Yeah, can't say Derek. Just not that word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, by all means. Go yeah, ahead, finish I, your Derek look, Carr thought. I am a... I, here's the thing. Derek Carr, for several years was a really good quarterback with a team that had nothing he had nothing to throw to and then he gets Josh McDaniels as his head coach head coach who was a clown who <laughs> by the way his first quarterback Tim Tebow so like all of a sudden like Josh McDaniels is considered Holy to be shit, a quarterback he drafted Tebow in, yeah, in yeah, Denver I didn't that, even freaking no, no, no. No, put wait, that I think together John, no, no. I think John Fox was the coach and oh, McDaniel's wasn't there yet. Fox. Okay, okay, okay. Um, we are, and the Raiders are the Patriots now. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no. You might as well look. The Raiders might as well just move to New England and play, mm-hmm. just like the Jets and Giants. Just play half. Just you know, just switch <laughs> off every week and, and and do that because like the fact that the Raiders just keep hiring former pay- Danny Amendola is the coach on the Raiders now. I yeah. don't get yeah. that. The dude has the dude just finished playing. Yeah, like, no. What it's makes crazy. us think? Like, if you had told me, oh, we're going to get Wes Welker as a coach, that I would have been fine with. He's been a coach for about six, five years now. Fine. But, like, Josh McDaniels has to go. I want yeah, them but, to you know, I'm I agree. sorry. This I want is... them to suck so bad so that they fire him. And I think they well, will suck next year. I think we've downgraded. I think we're going to have a worse season last year, if it's possible, than this season. You well, got to also, guys. guys, keep in mind of that you're talking about a team where most of the pieces came from New England, where they just decided that they were going to play this year without offensive coordinators, and now you have a quarterback which might be ruined. In um, what's his name? Mac um, Jones. Mac Jones. I'm down to keep saying think of Bailey Zappi. He's the backup. Dude, uh, yeah, Mac Jones. Now he wants no, out. Bailey Zappi is going to be and, the future franchise quarterback. If I had Bailey Zappi as my backup, Mac Jones was doing all the bitching and stuff that he's doing now, I, I'd get rid of him too. That's what I was going to say. I wouldn't it, be it, shocked like, if nobody should, Mac look, Jones ends jo- up in look, LA when or Joe Vegas. Judge, when Joe Judge is calling plays on your offense, the dude who went for it on a QB sneak on a 4th and 10 from your own 3-yard line, <laughs> you should worry. You should very much worry. And here's the thing. I miss when you, the Giants were coached by Joe Judge. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't. And you know what? I'm going to say the same thing with Josh McDaniels within the next three years. And I hate saying it that way. Next three years is going to get fired. Dave Ziegler, not the world's greatest GM. Not it's really. kind of shocking to me. Oh, got, I was shocked. got Devontae Adams. Congratulations. You know what? I, I was shocked when, when McDaniels even got hired again after Dude, what happened the Raiders traded Darren Waller, and they didn't have to do that. Nope. Yeah. Just it just, do, do there was no the reason tra- to. Like, well, as a Giants fan, I'm thrilled. We got Darren sure. Waller. We have a number one pass catcher. Great. And you know what's the other great thing that's awesome? We could cut him next year and give up no money. Yeah. We restructured That's a good position to be in. I had heard that we tried to trade him to – the Raiders tried to trade him to Miami, actually, before the uh, last year. I had heard that today, I think it was. They did, Oh, yeah. they send Waller there? Yeah. The Giants, you know, I was at, the Giants literally traded Kadarius Tony for yeah. Darren Waller. Just, yeah. Crazy. Totally that's exactly what you did. That's well, how mad I was. Bowl. I was excited, and then I was pissed because I was like, yeah. "This is not a good trade." Under no, it's any not. Any circumstances, 
I don't know what the Raiders are going to do at the end of this month. I have zero idea. I have zero faith. They might draft, uh, what's his name, Jalen Carter? They might draft him at seven, and then I'll be really upset. I'll tell you what's funny, Neil. I'm in. I'm from Jersey. Right now I'm in Lithuania. Okay, so I, I, I'm back between here and Florida. And nice. so football's not popular here, right? So so I'm, yeah, so I'm a Raider fan. I have my Raiders shit I wear. And people say to me here, now this is a place where football's not popular. The Raiders. Isn't that the team that always loses? <laughs> I can't even get away with it here. There's kids in third countries wearing oh. shirts of team teams that don't win. <laughs> here, I, I can't get away with it. I text my uncle all the time. You know, Grant, you know, former Raider, yep. major part of their alumni goes to all I have a helmet signed by him, one of those mini helmets. Stuff. And Mike, and, and like, like nobody, no Raiders alumni knows what the hell is going on anymore. Yeah, that's a Mark Davis is not his in. father, just like Hal Steinbrenner is not George Steinbrenner. It's that's literally true. the same thing. Same deal. Like yeah, you're 100 right. Mark Davis has won more championships with his WNBA team than he has even gone to a Super Bowl, let alone an AFC title game with the Raiders. And in that division, it's not happening anytime soon. And that's do you trust sure. someone with that haircut? I don't know. No, and no. the suits he wears. But well, so we're we're gonna get ready to to wrap it up here. So I just want anybody have any other questions that they want anything they want to talk about with Neil real quick. I mean, Neil, I'd like to know if Neil's up for any trivia in the future. We have him back for the double. Well, that's what I was actually next. Yeah, time. we got to do that someday. Well, yeah, we, I love we, trivia. I'm uh, I I usually do like a guest spot on a Utica Comets podcast, and they do nice. trivia all the time. So yeah, I'm totally down. I'm yeah, we have a, we have a fun game that we play. It's a devil you know. One of us gives some questions about a former devil, and you know, just some clues about him, and you see how much your knowledge is. And uh, you, you guess Tony got, doesn't have to be former though. Tony got yes. Sergey Breland on the first question last time, which was yeah, very right. mind-boggling. Because the question was, he was drafted in 1992. That's That was it. 42nd overall. Oh, well, yeah, 42nd overall. That's good. Neil, and I have one more question to you about your Toronto book, actually, because I've been, you know, um, I spent my time back with Florida, too. Do you think that this is the year that Toronto has to beat Tampa? Because have you pretty to. much can beat Tampa this year. You can beat Tampa uh, this year. If they don't beat Tampa this year, what do these fans do in Toronto? Here's the thing. Um, like, Hari, first Hari. of all, Toronto's <laughs> not going to get past Tampa. It just isn't going to happen. Because, like, what what makes me believe that this year is any different than any other year that the Leafs have had? Like, Tampa is not what it's been the last couple of years. They don't have Andre Pilat, which obviously is a massive miss. But, like, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. They choke every <clears> year. <throat> they went to a Game 7 last year at home at and home. lost. And nobody was even angry. They were just like, well, now what do we do? Like, well, if they go through that again this year, they're going to be blowing it up. I mean, I cannot I see them bring it back. Kyle Dubas, the second that the Leafs lose the last game, will get fired. Yep. I promise you. And then he'll get a GM job somewhere else. Don't know where, but somewhere else. And it'll be fine. Like, yeah, I, Kyle Dubas, like, I like him. I like him because of how ballsy he is. I right. very Whoa. much like that. I, I mean, you changed two-thirds of your roster at the trade deadline. Yeah, that's ballsy. I feel like also he's been pressured by management to do this. Like, I don't feel like it's always him just being like, this is what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying like, there. For the love of God, please go get Timo Meyer or go get – like, they've literally been on every – like, I heard when they were like, oh, we're going to get Patrick King. How? How in the hell are you going to get Patrick King? Right. It's literally no sense. Um, oh, we're going to get Eric Carlson. With what money? Like, where are you getting like like 
This is fake not Canadian NHL dollars. <laughs> it's like it's so, not NHL 23. You can't just rig stuff so that it goes your way. Yeah, there uh, is a salary cap. I do have. I actually, interestingly enough, I do have one question for you guys. Oh, when sure. did you guys start this podcast? Like, is this is like really fascinating? Because I, I know a lot nice. of the Devils podcasts, but not this one as much. So I'm like really curious about it. Uh, so Dan and I started this back in right in the beginning of the season. We were talking yeah. about it uh, during last season and everything. Kind of gaming kinda, it over the summer a little bit. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. kind of just seen it how it worked, and it, so we got together and we did, um, you know, a bunch of shows. Uh, just him and I, one microphone in my garage uh, at home, and that's how we started. And you know, we all grew up together. So, uh, you know, Bobby lives in Pennsylvania. He ended up, um, you know, we were talking. I asked him, you know, you want to get involved? You want to do this? We'd love to have you. He was in the, the answer was talking. no. He's like, for a very long time. I still don't want to be here, Neil. That was the, uh, I do that this was... because I kind of still love these guys a little bit. You but you can't and, have some photos uh, of Bobby. I got, I got sucked. Hold on, hold on. This is important, right? Because. <laughs> I got sucked in to when they were doing a podcast, and they said, hey, if you don't mind helping out, maybe check out our Twitter, our Instagram, to which I noticed their five posts were seen by zero people. So, right. you know, I kind of jump on that a little bit. And then I was talking to Tony over in Lithuania, and I said, and I quote, I Dan and Chris started a podcast. You should listen to it. Next thing I know, Tony's coming on every day. I'm coming on every day. And now the Uncle Puckers are four. So here you go. What you can't see right now is the uh, metaphorical gun that's being pointed at Bobby's head. You see yeah. all this stuff. We have photos <laughs> of him right. from high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, Polaroid. Compromise. I mean, I will just say that, like, I'm super excited that there's just another Devil's Podcast out there. Like, we have a ton now. When I started back in 2020, like, we had, like, maybe one or two, like, two or three, honestly. And I now bet. to see as much content as we're getting just excites yeah. me. So when you guys reached out to me, I was like, this is awesome that there's like – I like to think of ourselves as like the anti-Kangelosis. Like we came ah. on and they got good. And yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, you're we're the X-rated honest. Devils podcast. And yeah. Neil, we would, we would honestly – we would love to have you. This has been a lot of fun. So anytime, uh, we would love to Please. have you back on. And maybe next Saturday we're going to do our brackets for the entire playoffs. Sure, if man. you're interested, we'll like reach out way. and you want to jump on. That would be great. Now, My I am going to – are always open, guys. Just let me know and you know, I'm more than willing to I'll make definitely. time to come on and do this. That sounds well, great, Neil. If I, I can address that for a second, too. Yeah, please. Because, um, Neil, I listened to your last show, at least the last show that was posted out of yesterday and a couple before that. And, um, you know, it's a super good show. You're very professional. Your content is awesome. But what I loved more than anything about that show, and again, we've kind of alluded to the fact, basically the, the, th the four of us here are pretty much twice your age, right? Pretty much. Right. Um, you came on and said something that really stuck with me, and that was that, you know, it, it's not a competition that these new podcasts are coming out and these new things. And you felt that very much that it's something that, you know, as a devil's community, we're just trying to put out content, put out entertainment, get everyone talking together. And you know what? Yeah. That means a ton because we don't know where this is going. It's just something we, we just kind of want to do. You know, as much as I joke about not wanting to do this crap, I do it. I do love it. You know, I love the devils. I love my boys. You know, it's really good to connect. Um, but that kind of attitude doesn't exist in most industries. And you are actually, to you, this is an industry. To us or right now, it's a hobby. And again, we don't know where it's going. There's a few industries like, like the brewing culture that are the same way. They're kind of like, I don't care how much saturation there is. I'm going to help you know my neighbor out. Um, right. So I really appreciate that. I'm sure these guys really appreciate that too. Yes. 
And just the we fact live in New Jersey, here, there's so much commuting time. There's yeah. enough space for all of us. I mean, look, at the end of the day, <laughs> as I said on, the, on my podcast, and I'll say it again, at the end of the day, none of this is a competition. All of it is just continuing to give people as much devil's content as possible. That's why I promote so much of other people's stuff. So when I say to you guys, if there's anything you ever need me to personally share, send it my way, and I will be more than happy to do so because I want – everybody to know as much about all the stuff we got going on involving the devils as possible because at the end of the day we're all just a very strong passionate community and it's great and remember hockey is a small small following compared to the other three major sports in north america so you think about that and then you think about the communities within it with each team it's even smaller so as much as we have a lot of different reporters and podcasts and all that stuff going on still very small compared to other things. I yeah, mean, there is room, up, definitely. You look up, you know, New York Giants media. I oh, mean, there's God. so much, it's not even funny. Yep. It's not even funny. Raiders stuff, Raiders stuff is all over the damn world. I all traveled and had a lot of shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then, you know, it's like you said, we're all we're trying to do, and uh, we say it on this show all the time, just build a community of devil, like-minded devil fans that just yeah. basically, our, our whole uh, tagline is, you know, just want to see the Devils win the cup before the Rangers. But, um, you know, uh, I I will ask you to take off your professional hat for a second. Leave your broadcaster, your analyst, all that stuff. I want Neil, the fan, right now. Last question. Where's this thing ending? The season? Yeah. Where are these boys? When it's all said and done, where are the devils? We're we going to hold you to this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We get to the conference finals. That's how okay. confident I believe in this team. I think that they are capable of going on a long run and I think that they will. I think that they have a lot more awesome memories to create for this season and I think that they're, you know, everybody talked about it tonight on ESPN. This is a potential Eastern Conference matchup and I firmly believe that that's what we're going to see. That's I feel that so passionately as a fan. I believe in this team. They've given me every reason to believe more than they've ever done in my entire life as, as a fan of this team and that's how confident I am in them. So Eastern Conference Finals for me. I gotta tell you, right. you can't think, argue with that, Neil. I think you're onto something. And you know, just just for reference, I know there's only been a few teams slash minor league affiliates that have won their respective cups in the same time. For us, that was 1995 with the Albany River Rats, and we were rewarded with about 15 straight years of success. I'm not saying Utica's going to do that this year, but with the depth we have, it's very similar. Um, you're probably looking at a decade of success here, and. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris is on record saying years ago that we were going to win three cups before the Rangers won one, and we did. And I think he That's almost true. wants to say that again, but at least the one cup for sure. I said one. I'm not. I'm not running to go three. The Rangers are a damn good hockey team, and you know, yeah, so they're um, they they are. They're, they're getting old. there. Um, and that's exactly what happened with the the, yep. the team that won the cup in '94. You know, we were Some and that's rent the most stars, ex- yeah, right. And it that's is, the most. It exciting, does feel like that. The most exciting thing about this Devil team to me is just how. Uh, you know, the, the, this window just opened. I mean, we mm-hmm. are so like we're not yeah. even supposed to be here, and that's how good we are. Uh, right. So it, it is really, really exciting. Anything you want to plug, Neil? Before uh, we we sign off, I actually have one more question for oh, Neil that I want to ask. Hang on, Neil. Tony's got a question. Neil, who do you think we see come up? Who do you think we see come up for Utica in the last game or two? Oh, that's a Mark, really good maybe question. you think any of these guys are going to bring up? Gertson. 
I, I'd say <laughs> Geertsen. Everyone yeah. loves Mason Geertsen in this damn fan. We need him in the Ranger games. We just yeah, like this. Like, We're from Jersey. We like to see fights. Yeah, right. Of course. That's it. Um, I think, honestly, the two guys, this might be a hot take. I heard maybe Simone Demetz. I That's a hot take, Neil. I heard about it. I heard people saying it may not be Luke. It may be in the Mets that sees playing time. No because shit. The Devils are incredible. As high as they are on Luke Hughes, they're incredibly high on Simone Metz. Like, this guy I, is real. You I'd watched him the World Juniors one. this past year? Yeah. He's amazing. I've been saying his name wrong the whole year. Yeah. I mean, yeah oh, it's, Nemich. Is it, is it Nemich? Nemec? Nemec. I think it's Metz, but I could be wrong. Nemec? The Mets? The Mets never went. The Mets! I'd probably say. We once thought Tom Wilson was a defender. <laughs> Bobby's true. That's true. Probably, we make some mistakes. Probably, probably the man I call Graham Cracker, and that is Graham Clark. That's what I have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that he, I mean, he's had a phenomenal year. Hell of a year. And it, like, it pissed me off that like we brought him up, didn't play in a game, and like one game after he gets sent back down, and I'm like, what was the point of that? I thought he was like, going to play, yeah. Yeah, no, it was pretty disappointing. But I've been a huge fan of his since he played for the Ottawa 67s back in juniors. I think he's a really underlying, really good player. Um, you know, could he make this team out of camp next year? I think he certainly can. All depends on roster spots. Um, but that would be somebody that I could see. I just – I don't know what Tom Pichero wants to do. We only have two games left, so yeah. I don't yeah. really know what exactly is the plan over these next huh. this next week. I think at this point, uh, I I know, speaking for myself, I don't give a shit what happens in these next two games. Let's just get to the playoffs. After Let's get tonight, our seating. No injuries. Done. No injuries. No injuries. Let's get our seating. Let's hope McLeod's okay. Let's hope McLeod's head doesn't you know fall off and uh, so breaks the record. We're good to go. There you go. And that's it. Just end the year and, and let's get into the playoffs. And all, and all I'm asking is for Brendan Smith to somehow get a goal so that everybody on this team will have scored at least one goal this season. I think Brendan Smith will score a goal against Washington. That's Washington. my prediction. Or he never plays again. <laughs> I just hope we go to the next two games. Fuse. And... There's an empty net chance to get Brendan Smith on the ice just so that statistically he scored a goal. And we don't have to yep. say that he didn't. Like I wanted him to score just because everybody's like, oh, everybody on this team has scored. Except Brendan Smith, and I'm like, that's a problem. He like you know, a guy like night too. He missed the, yeah, the other night. Yeah. But a guy like that, that's a guy that like clinches you a series in overtime. You know, mm. there's just that blue Straight liner overtime. hadn't scored, throws it at the net, yeah. and it just has eyes and ends up ending the game in the second OT. Yeah. To me, uh, look, look at how many goals Hall missed at the beginning of the season. You look at Hall's numbers. Look how much how much oh, he missed he, the net. Yeah, yeah. Hall was, Hall was having some really this, bad puck. The guy that I think will be the random goal scorer that will send us to the next round or something is going to be like Boquist. Like yeah. that's going to be the random. I say Tatar, but yeah. You know, we've said it a lot. You, you can kind of see, like Bobby mentioned it a couple of shows ago. He said, you know, you can see guys on this team, just certain dudes in certain series taking over. Like you could see first round, Mercer winning that series for you. Boquist winning the second. Like we do have those dudes that can just turn it on and yeah. be dominant. And four lines of guys like that can just be dominant. Kind of yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, really – Really exciting stuff. So, uh, Neil, we'll we'll reach out to you, and hopefully yeah. we'll get together um, next week, and uh, we'll do our brackets for the playoffs. So um, that was Neil Valapar. Uh, ah, sorry, Neil Valapiano, uh, host of the Devil State of Mind. Uh, please check him out. It's awesome content, all about 
doing what we're doing here, just building a community of Devil fans to get together, talk about the team we love, um, uh, goof around, bitch about the team we love, but all in all, it comes from a place of love. So for, our, for Bobby, Tony, Dan, and Neil, I'm Chris. We're the Uncle Puckers. We'll see you when we see you. Puckers out. Later.